For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and play. Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. You are now listening to the Believe in Vikings podcast with BMAC and Baker. Welcome to Believe in Vikings with BMAC and Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker, and I'm here with former Minnesota Viking, Bryant McKinney. What up, big man? What up, Dustin? How you doing, man? I'm going to be doing better this week until the end of last week's game. Yeah, it wasn't uh, too friendly, uh, but I have something that'll cheer us up t- uh, tonight on the first, uh, I guess we're going to do two shows this week, and this is the first one. We have with us uh, your former teammate and the man who is 12th all-time on the Vikings list of sack leaders, and that is defensive end Ray Edwards. What up, Ray? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? How y'all been? Big Mac, how you been, big fella? <laughs> we good. Thanks for joining us tonight. I mean, I appreciate the invite. You know me, I don't be doing nothing but chilling and working out. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, uh, we invited Ray on tonight, first of all, because he's badass and he played for the Vikings and racked up all those sacks. And then he is one of the only players that I could find that played just for the Vikings and the Falcons. So uh, okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like he follows football too obsessively these days, uh, but we brought him on the show to give us some perspective. Does that sound about right, Ray? Oh, I, I mean, I follow him, but, you know, it, it's just like, it's too soft. Now it's pity pat. It's not like when me and Brian play, man. <laughs> that, that is definitely not. Oh, that is 100% <laughs> true. All right, well, first I'm going to talk about uh, betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still get in on all the action on at BetOnline. Um if you wanted to lay some money on the Vikings this week, they are four and a half point favorites over the Falcons, uh, which is strange because they're a one and four team, but the Falcons are zero and five. So if you want to bet on them, slide on over to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to teams to player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you all the options to wager online, and there is always an online casino that's open as well. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. So Ray, you played for both the Vi- or you played for the Vikings for five seasons, and then you finished your career with the Falcons. Um, I wanted to get that out of the way. So if there's any teenage Vikings fans that are listening that may have not seen you play, that they kind of know what you're all about. <laughs> Brian did the same thing when I gave his bio. He's like, I'm not that old, but I have to, I have oh, right. I have to do it for those youngsters. So my first question, Ray, is uh, what are you up to these days? Man, just being a father, uh, got a daycare business and uh, training training young athletes to help them, you know, reach their goals and writing in, uh, poetry books and just just work doing a lot, just trying to, you know, have fun. Live Say yeah, that again. I, I, I Say that again. Boxing. Ball, boxing. 
Okay. Hey, Brian, can you say that again? I didn't hear you. I said Ray even was boxing at one oh. point, too. Yeah, well, I got uh, I got about uh, 10, 12 questions for Ray, and a couple of them are oriented around boxing. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he was he was hard with that. Hey, how, what, how old are your kids, Ray? Oh, we got a I got an eleven, nine, and five. Oh, okay. So it's spread out there. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I've got a uh, nine year old, and my son just turned four, so I've got two at home. Okay, that's what's up, man. They change your life for sure. Oh yeah, for the better, no doubt. <laughs> All right. So the uh, other question I want to ask, so we can kind of set the table, is now you don't follow football too closely, but you do know what's kind of going on. Is that the deal? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that kind of that helps with uh, perspective for myself and for some of the listeners. Um, it is a good week to have you on for two reasons, because the Falcons do play the Vikings uh, this Sunday. And lo and behold, the Falcons just fired their coach uh, a few days ago after the Falcons started 0-5. Um, so it- I, I wanted to ask the both of you about uh, what that does to a team when it's midseason, because if I'm not mistaken, both of you were on the 2010 Vikings when Childress was fired. They fired the GM too, didn't they? Yeah, they fired the GM too. Yeah, that's correct. What does that do? I mean, depending on if you liked your coach or not, I didn't really care for children, so I was happy. I'll be Children. He was let's say evil. Like he, he's a he was a kind of two faced. Like one minute he'd smile on your face, next minute he'd be talking bad about you. Like he just right really vibe with the players like that. He you he basically used you to get what you what exactly what he wanted. I mean, a lot of coaches do that, but. It's just the ways you can go about that. And he didn't go about it in the best ways. Oh, no. And I, if I, if my math is correct, Ray, you got there right when Childress did. Is that right? Yeah. yeah his staff drafted me. Yeah. You're oh, correct. Okay. And then Bryant, you were there obviously for Tice and into Childress. Mm-hmm. So when you uh, say that Childress wasn't the, the greatest of guys, or at least uh, maybe hypocritical times, how was that different than Mike Tice, uh, Bryant? Mike Tice, I told you, I think I said this before, Mike Tice ran that operation. It's like he was like the godfather and were like his goons. Um, and then, <laughs> in our, uh, you know, you watch highlight films before, like the games, the night before, whatever, and like it always went in with like Bronx Tale or something. We had a home game a movie that was where all like the guys came from the back with the bats after they locked everybody inside the bar. And if you don't want bats, like now you can't leave. That nice. was his whole way of saying like it's a home game, then we're going to lock them in, now they can't leave beat the crap out of him. So, like, he had more of a, a Bob mentality. I liked him. Oh, okay. Like, a tough Bob mentality. Like, say if I was ever later, just, you know, you did something wrong. He like, well, you got to grade out like this, and you won't get fined. And I'm like, okay. So he made deals with you, but he was a player. He was a player's coach. He's a former player. So he kind of understood some things. Where you had coaches come in. I think he was more like the X and O guy. Couldn't really relate to how players felt. So, it was a big difference going from uh, a player's coach to somebody who was just like, tricked by the Bulls. Okay. Well, yeah, that is quite the the difference. So um, I should know this as a, a mini Vikings historian. I don't remember the exact week that Childress was terminated, but I want to say it was week 10 or 11 or so. What was uh, was there a sense of relief when he was terminated, or what was the deal? I think our team was just very close, no matter what. Like, no offensive defense, you know, some teams are not very close. But I think everybody on that team actually just vibed around each other, got along great. So it was just like, all right, let's, let's see how can we finish this off on a strong note and build something to next year. 
And then when uh, Leslie Frazier took over, so that was your defensive coordinator, correct, uh, Ray? Yeah, it was. Okay, so that must have been kind of cool. Uh, he, he's kind of uh, he's a he's a player, but he's kind of one of those square players. Like you know, he want to do everything exactly by the book and this that. Like let us lose. Like we we wow. We play, I play, like I said, I play defense, so we want to get out the guys and just talk stuff and just have fun. He was just like, no, you can't do that. You got to do it this way. And, oh really? Okay. Boring. Like let us let us get loose. So really. He was still a great coach, though. I, I got much respect for Coach Frazier. Yeah, he's uh, coaching a pre- – well, not last night, uh, but uh, he coaches a pretty decent defense with the Bills. They got their ass kicked last night, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Well, what about is there – because both of you experienced that at least once, is there a sense – trying to game plan the Falcons here. Is there a sense of something to play for now so that the lo- uh, the you know leadership's been switched up? Uh, I mean, it's impossible to predict how the Falcons will look this Sunday, but um- – I feel like if they like who's in position now, they'll play a little harder for them to try to keep them in that position. And I feel like we kind of did that with Leslie Frazier. Like, we kind of liked him being there over Coach Childress, and he was familiar. So, you you know, you try to put together. I mean, every week you were trying to put together stuff, but now you didn't have to worry about him being there. So, like, okay, that's why I said it depends on the relationship the team felt with that coach. If they really didn't care for the coach, then you may see better play. And if coach wasn't really the issue with the team, you make it the same results. And also, um, to speak about that, is just you're still playing for your job. It's still a business, you know. Right. So you still got to put good tape on film, not even just for that coach, but also other coaches around the league because, once again, they fired the coach and the GM. So nobody's there who's going to really speak for you on your behalf because the GM is the guy who picked you and the coach. So you now you're like, I got to – you don't know who come in. They might want to clean your house. Depending on who you are, especially those bottom twenty, the bottom what fifty? How many guys they carry now? I think like fifty four or something. Fifty three. Yep. I still only carry fifty three. So yeah, it's like like those bottom twenty three guys. You're not you're not guaranteeing no spot no more. You're like oh they were on who does now I gotta impress another GM and another coach. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've. Uh, it feels like they're in the, the beginning of a total clean-out. I don't know if that'll apply all the way up the chain to Matt Ryan, their quarterback. Uh, but at 0-5, at they they are definitely making some systemic changes. So would either one of you consider coaching in the NFL? Is that is that kind of your gig or not really? Not really for uh, me. I would do college, but not NFL. I'm with Brian as well. I'm either college or high school. You know, guys who's hungry, want to listen, and uh... – Definitely just help them mentor them into how to be great professionals. Because, you know, I know me coming from my school, I really didn't have that type of um, history of guys going into the league that would come back and help me and just and uh, mentor me into actually how to be a pro. Okay. I didn't get that to that with uh, the Vikings. And uh, I had Kevin and Pat and uh, Jared. Like, those guys showed me how to be a, profo- uh, a professional and handle myself that way. So, I'd rather mentor guys and help them be great and tell them exactly, look, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to deal with when it comes to being a professional athlete. So you didn't really get that type of tutelage at Purdue? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Well, that surprises me a bit. 
Uh, in 2008, this is, I, I took a bunch of questions from Vikings Twitter, so you'll have to forgive me. Uh, <laughs> if they get too personal, you guys just tell me to shut up. Uh, in 2008, uh, Traveris Jackson um, started the season, and he was benched for Gus Farratt. And then uh, Farratt did fairly well, um, but they went back to Jackson late in the season. And I wanted to know if either one of you remember the circumstances surrounding that, if that was a Childress thing or what the deal was. Right, that might, that might be more. Uh, yeah. I don't really mind games uh, that Coach Childress played with people and took the position and felt like, okay, he can work his way back. He'll probably play harder to keep his position, stuff like that. Yeah, I think Tavares. A lot of games like that with him, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Tavares never really got a fair shake to be a starting quarterback. Like, if he didn't play good, like, in for a couple games there and benching for somebody else, like, if you could, his whole career, it was a merry-go-round in Minnesota. Like, oh, we had Gus Rod, then they had somebody else, then they had somebody else. Then it's like, never mm-hmm. gave a shake a whole season, you know, to build himself into, like I said, a professional and know how to handle himself. So if you keep taking the guy, like say a yo-yo effect, uh, one week you start, one week you not start, and two, like it's just it messes with your psyche, especially as a quarterback. You got to have the confidence of your coach got your back and everybody got your back for you to go out there and perform. Yeah, you are correct about um, the back and forth. And as a fan, I mean, I was let's see, twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four. Um, you know, just as a, an average fan, and we did this hopscotch thing where we went from Tarveris, uh, then to Brooks Bollinger, and then to Ferrat, and then Sage Rosenfels. So it was, uh, I know that those guys are there to help and mentor Tarveris, but it really was a hot potato with the starting starting job. And not only for, uh, you know, the quarterback's sake, it's, it's for the organization, like, uh, for instance, the Bears this year just uh, benched Trubisky, and Nick Nick Foles led them to a victory, and now he's the starter. Um, but unless Foles just sucks all of a sudden, they've kind of made it known they're not going to go back to Trubisky. But if he did play awful, they would have to, and it just does not, it, at least from a fan's perspective, it, it looks wishy-washy if you're going back and forth. So I can't imagine that, that it's good for morale. Not at all. As, as you can see, like, like I said, your quarterback is kind of, kind of the it guy you know what I mean yeah. so if, if you if you don't if you're undecided on him what makes me feel like I'm secure in my job you answer you're not even securing your starting quarterback every week it's a new guy so it just it just shows the the not thinking of you know how to build a team like, yeah Tom Brady, even though he was a six-round draft pick he was their starter once he got a shot he was a starter for the rest of you know 12 years it's just you know, stability. It wasn't no st- stability at our quarterback position. No, that was a notorious spot for, you know, interchangeability. And then I guess Favre put a rest to that for two years. Um, another thing on Jackson, he when he went to the Seahawks, he actually had a fairly good year before Russell Wilson took over. Um, and they, you know, at least for a season, made a commitment to him. And he was he was pretty decent. And then once Russell Wilson got there, he stunned everybody and took over the job, and obviously has never let it let it back, let it go. On also on that uh, same team, I guess uh, we're not not the same year, but with Childress, um, one of uh, the fans on Twitter asked about some sort of altercation or happening between uh, Chris Cook and Brad Johnson, or excuse me, Brad Childress. Um, there's a theory that might have led to Childress's termination. Do you guys remember anything about that? I have no recollection. I don't really remember that. 
I feel like his termination, a part of that was doing um, him releasing Randy Moss without talking to the owners. Yeah, see, that's what I thought, too. Um, so I, I guess I wanted to get this theory out there to see if there's anything to it. I believe that's what we were told at the time. That was 2010 that uh, it was a children's... Well, the, the owners weren't aware of him. Randy wasn't aware. We were in a team meeting, and Randy stayed. He allowed me to stay because he came from the team. And um, I text Randy. I was in the team meeting like, hey, dog, I didn't even know. That, uh, he was like, what you talking about? <laughs> he didn't even know. I know. Really? Oh, uh, being a and he said you was relieved. He was like, "What? Well, get you back?" And shit. <laughs> My bad. Right. You had it. So, I guess I told him in the team meeting. He didn't even know yet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not a good way of doing business. I wonder. Leak. You was the leak. <laughs> I wasn't leak. I was my friend. But see, that's the thing. He um. He does. He had like his own little ego. That was his problem because you did that without even consulting. Like you did all this to get Randy Moss back, and you didn't even consult with your with your authorities, like your owners. That that's the decision you were going to make because of how Randy had said some things, some remarks at a press conference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that. And you know, basically, kind of was big enough Belichick as a coach and everything. And you took offense to that. You allowed your ego to get in the way, and your ego is what got you out of here. Yeah, he definitely had uh, the Napoleon complex for sure. Oh, he did for sure. He, uh, whatever Moss did or said, must have really pissed him off because he did. I can tell you the you guys were in inside of it, the excitement, but um, from the fans' perspective, that was about as exciting about a week as it it would get in the regular season. That when Moss was announced to be coming back. Um, I mean, it felt like, uh, you know, just this homeward bound type of thing and, you know, it didn't last very long. So I wasn't surprised after the fact that that was the reason. Um, and then he tried to paint this bad picture of Moss too. Like, you know, while Moss was there as if like he wasn't in the locker room to cover, like, you know, for himself, like, you know what I mean? Talking about the on Friday and all that stuff. But, um, I don't know, maybe cause I was already there with him prior and I know his personality. I know everything isn't serious. Some things are jokes that probably can be taken serious. You know, he tried to throw that out there in the media too. You know, cover for stuff and why he made that decision. Okay. All right. So the Chris Cook thing. It sounds like there's nothing to that. Um, and the re- the real reason that uh, Childress was terminated was because of what we all thought was that he unilaterally got rid of Moss and that was not a popular opinion with the leadership. Um, so about 10, 15 minutes ago, Ray, you talked to Bert, Bryant mentioned it too, uh, your boxing career. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that for uh, listeners that might not know about that? Oh, it was just, you know, I got done with football. Uh, actually I did it during the lockout. I really loved it. It was something I've always wanted to do when I was younger. I didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen with the uh, lockout. They said it was going to be locked out for maybe a year, a whole season. And I just took it as an opportunity to do something I've always wanted to do. I, Brian, to tell you, I was always those guy, one of those guys who did what he kind of wanted to do. But you he know, did. I liked it though. <laughs> <laughs> like I live, I did what I had to do in between those lines. But outside of those lines, I lived my life. Like I didn't let football control me, and um, I enjoyed it. Boxing was something that I definitely enjoyed. I, I went uh, thirteen and one, I believe, or twelve and one. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It uh, taught me a lot of things about discipline and 
just uh, honing in your skills is something that you want to do. Okay. Oh, let's see. Did you, is it true that uh, one of your opponents took a dive? I have no idea. I, I hit a guy. He <laughs> hit once. Then I, I went to hit him again. I bit, didn't hit him, and he fell. I had nothing to do with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I had to I had to get that one out there because somebody uh, was curious about that. And was yeah. there was there a match that you had digestive problems, or is that a complete rumor? No, I would just, I think I ate too much and I had <laughs> cramp. It. <laughs> I was okay for the fight because you know you have to eat like at six, and then you won't be able to eat again until after the fight. And I was sometimes I was fighting at like eleven, twelve o'clock at night. So I would try to eat and, uh, you know, just happen to have an upset stomach. That was it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, the, I, I, I didn't do it on myself or nothing. No, yeah, the rumor was a little bit more juicy than that. Uh, so cramps, I think, is cramps is more understandable than the alternative. How long How long did you box? Uh, four and, About four and a half years after I got done playing football. Oh, okay. So were you uh, – might be a silly question. Were you as dedicated to that as you were football for those four years? Oh, absolutely. I even got to uh, go work with the uh, Deontay Wilder, former WC heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder. I was in his camp for like two weeks. Okay. And the right hand that he throws is definitely televised. Uh, <laughs> All right on. Um, getting back to the football aspect, um, what are your guys' recollections or opinions of the officiating in the 2009 NFC Championship game? Rigged. <laughs> yeah, what about, I mean, what about you? It was, a lot, it was a lot going on with the late hits. Didn't have like fumbles. We was never fumbling that much in one game, but I mean, still only be with a field goal away. But it was a lot of late calls, a lot of calls not called, and then later on they review the tape and saying, "Oh, this should have been called. That should have been called." I don't know. Uh, they could have kept that shit to themselves. Yeah, um, right. Kept it to themselves. Like we knew. We know y'all should have made calls. Like y'all, it's it's easy. Mm-hmm. The, the film sure, but and I think it's just something in the Saints arena because uh, what the same thing happened to them. So I ain't feel bad for them when they uh, was it two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's if you wanted if you wanted vengeance or karma, the last three years have gone beautifully because uh, we t- took care of them in dramatic fashion when Diggs walked them off in the Vikings building. And right. that that was the 2017 playoffs. And then to your point, they had their screw job in their building against the Rams. And I, I'm like you, I shed no tears over that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely no tears over that. And then of course uh, last year we upended them in overtime. Uh, so it's especially brutal for them because they were trying to capitalize on Drew Brees' final, you know three or four years and each one of those cases could have been stepping stones to the Super Bowl so twice the Vikings denied them thank God and then the other times uh, the referees did Um, on the officiating two notable ones that come to mind for me and I think about that game way too much uh, was the pass interference call um, on Ben Lieber that one will always stand out in my mind because it was absolutely atrocious and then obviously all of the hits that Favre was taking that, you know, dudes, coaches, family men were suspended for after the fact. Um, so it was pretty, mm-hmm. it was pretty blatant. Uh, anything more from you, Bryant, on the championship game? Um, no, I hate that game. It's probably one of the worst games. I think I watched that game. I still have yet to watch that game. Yeah, I hate that game. 
<laughs> and then it's like, you know, I think it was really just their way of trying to bring some life back into that city after the hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just that part. Yeah, I think as a standalone story, I would have been totally fine with that as, uh, you know, most of, as a reasonable person would. But when it's your team that's being uh, the recipient of the screw job, it's a lot more difficult. I'm I'm with you. There's been times where that game uh, is replayed on NFL Network just for the heck of it. And uh, it happened a couple of years ago when I was just hanging out with my, my wife. I think we were like on a mini vacation to a friend's wedding or something and we were in a hotel and that game came on and she's like "Ooh, look dust the vikes are on it's an old game and i was like oh okay you know i'm just real cautious like which game is it and <laughs> it, yeah and she told me which one and i was like oh christ i'm gonna have to tell you all about that uh so no i didn't watch it uh just as you said ray because it just brings back too much pain um uh, one of one one of the Vikings fans out there asked about your guys' favorite Bobby Wade memory. I don't know why they want to know that, but let's go with it. I have no Bobby Wade. I used to call him Dory Explorer. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's all I remember. <laughs> so Dory the Explorer. That that's the memory. <laughs> I did my, you know, you do the Monday night intro, and I called him Bobby Dory Explorer Wade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about uh, Jared Allen memories? Uh, Ray, you mentioned him a few minutes ago. What are some of your memories of him? Uh, my favorite memory of him, we was at training camp. And I don't know if Brian remember neither. We was, uh, he should probably remember it. We was at a camp. Me and Jared, was, we was laughing about something. And uh, Coach Chitter told Jared to shut the F up. And Jared ripped in him to so bad. It was so funny because Children's turned uh-huh. beat Ray. He couldn't really do he nothing. He just signed that big major deal that he signed in. And Jared cussed him out so bad in front of everybody. And it was <laughs> And we were low-key cheering on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wishing, wishing you could say that. Uh, what, do you, what was the – was it justified? Oh, yes. He, I mean, he, me and Jared was just – we were just joking about something. He's like, you got to shut the F up. And Jerry said, who the F you think you're talking to? Like, you don't talk, but we all grown men. You shouldn't talk. Yeah, like, Pat Wins reminded two people with kids in college and stuff like that. Too. Like, you don't really have to talk to another adult like that. You got to remember some of these guys in their late 20s or 30s. So to feel like you're going to talk to somebody in a disrespectful manner is because you're a coach or not, it's not going to fly over what a lot of guys say. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I think we all care. Jared is not like the walk the straight line type of guy anyway. So, you know, that wasn't going to fly with him. Yeah, we uh, – <clears throat> you can see – well, you saw inklings of that uh, at home um, as a fan that he, <laughs> he really wasn't going to be a yes man. So it's cool to confirm that he was uh, like that, you know, in real life. Uh, for the both of you, um, who was the best player? We'll start with you, Ray. Who was the best player you ever played against or ever saw on the field? One, the man that's on the on this uh, phone call with us, Brian. Man, he's a, he was a tough. Kid. He got me ready for any tackle I had to go against. Him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on Sunday, so uh, definitely him, uh, Leonard Davis, and definitely. Uh, What's the tackle that was there in uh, Baltimore before you? Uh, Ogden. Ogden. Yeah, Ogden. Those guys, man, it was 
Yeah, definitely had to bring your lunch, your dinner, the snack, everything. Yeah. Played against those guys, man. It was just, like I said, two Hall of Fame guys that – actually, three. Hopefully, Brian, you definitely should get in there. Three Hall of Fame guys that I went up against. And uh, I th- I believe I held my own pretty good every time. Except for Leonard Davis. I think he got me when I was a rookie on my second year in the league. And it was just – it was, it was <laughs> He was just like a 400-pound man, too. Like, yeah. It was yeah, hard to do. I remember. And Bryant, I believe that you've said like uh, uh, Kabir Baja. KGB, like when early in my career. Yep. K- well, K- far as pass rushing, Kabaja be a Miller. Yep. Yep. I think you uh, in my career, yeah, he was. But to watch, I, I want to say probably like Randy Moss or something. Yeah. Like, Adrian Peterson, Randy Moss, somewhere like one of them. Yeah, as a skill position. And then you also, I think, had a shout-out to on our first, for our very first episode, Simeon Rice, you said, was a pain in the ass. Rice, I didn't get much, um, but I don't remember, like, having too much trouble with him. I always probably have trouble with somebody who I wasn't familiar with. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if you ain't got no tape, you, you, you can get off. <laughs> yeah, because I don't really know what to expect. So it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Um, have you watched any – I know, Bryant, you've been watching all the Vikings games, but, uh, Ray, have you watched any Vikings games in 2020? I, I actually have. I watched a couple games. I watched the one this past Sunday. I don't – it just disappoint me, man. They're not – they don't use their hands. It's like they don't have no technique. They just go out there and just do whatever. And it, it, it frustrates me because it's like – Nobody's really teaching these kids. They're not coaching them. They they're not being a teacher of the game and teaching them the fundamentals. Because in college, it's like okay, you can you're kind of a man amongst boys. In the mm-hmm. NFL, it's all about technique, and they're not teaching these guys. Yeah. The technique. They expect and they expect so much out of them, but they don't have the right coaches in there coaching them. So, it's, not, it's you're not gonna get. That's like having a Ferrari and putting eighty three in it. <laughs> I got to stop you to clarify. Are you talking about NFL as a whole or the Vikings coaching staff? Uh, actually, uh, NFL as a whole, like I don't like something like all the defensive in, defensive players that are excelling. They have great technique and some guys they hype up like I watch because I'm I love JJ, but I watch this the game like, let me OK, let me see. I just actually have to sit down and watch it as a fan. Like, OK, let me see how great this guy is. When I see him get reached by not only the guard and the tackle, there's no defense that you get reached by that many people and you like you're and you're correct. So <laughs> <laughs> JJ is definitely see ball get ball player. He doesn't really play have a tech tech basically a technique. Like JJ Watt? Yeah, JJ Watt. If okay. you watch it, he get reached by the guard, the center, the tackle, he's not he have basically everybody around him got to make him correct. And that's, that's now. That's, that's what it looked, looked like to me. That's now at his current state or age, or that's. Uh, it was the whole. The, I've been watching him for a long time. It's his whole thing. Really, because I can tell you that's a hot take because he's revered. I mean, he's a champion. Oh, of, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if you watch it from t- a technique standpoint, it, to me, it, it's, it's not correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is pretty bold, good sir. 
Okay, so you watched the Seahawks game. Um, that did not go very well here in our next show. Brian and I are going to dissect that. Um, <clears throat> but um, so the reason that you're on the show is because you played for both the Vikings and the Falcons. Um, and those two teams lock horns this Sunday at uh, noon central time. So as our last order of business, sir, can you give us a prediction? Uh, with, a, with a change, Matt Ryan, is, is, it, is it in Minnesota? Yes, it is, and uh, no fans, but it is in Minnesota. Uh, uh, I got Minnesota by – I give them by a touchdown. Okay, a touchdown. Because uh, this, Matt Ryan don't really like change. He don't like uncertainty. And, <laughs> if, and if you can get to him, he gets rattled, and he, he can't throw the deep ball. So, And Julio, I don't think it's Julio playing this week. Uh, he is just like Dalvin Cook. He's questionable. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, and to your point uh, – with my, since Mike Zimmer has been with the Vikings, the Falcons have lost to the Vikings four times. So, uh, I mean, that doesn't mean we're guaranteed a win or anything, but uh, Zimmer has had no problems whatsoever with the Falcons or with Matt Ryan, and that's even when they're good. This isn't uh, talking about the years where they've had downswings. Um, it made me think of one other thing before we uh, hop off here. If you had, because you know a little bit about that organization there for a couple of years, do you think Matt Ryan is the quarterback of the Falcons next year? Um, I think they got a lot of money tied up in them, so they're going to keep them. Uh, Matt Ryan has never been an elite quarterback to me. He's always been a good quarterback, but not the elite level. What about his MVP year? If you can't throw a deep ball and put <laughs> it on, Julio makes Matt Ryan correct. Okay. That's Point right. blank. If you see all Matt Ryan's deep balls, either Julio got to come back to him or he almost overthrow him and Julio runs and go gets him. Okay. It's never funny to me. So he's not an elite quarterback. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, the Falcons, if they continue this trend and don't rebound, um, they will be headed towards a top seven or so pick, and it could be even higher. Um, so they'd have to make a decision on if they wanted to invest in one of the hot, sexy quarterbacks that will come out of the 2021 draft or if they want to, you know, fix their secondary, like with uh, Patrick Sertain, who's coming out, supposed to be in the top 10 or so. But that'll be up to the Falcons. Um, Bryant, did you have anything else uh, uh, for Ray before we hop off here? Uh, I don't think you covered everything. <laughs> the Twitter questions. Oh, well, excellent. <laughs> All right, Ray. Well, it was great to meet you, my man. Uh, I hope you'll come back and join us sometime. Um, any other words of wisdom for Vikings Nation out there? Just, just, just stay supporting you guys. Don't, uh, I mean, you got a down year. You have down years. And, you know, they're going to be back up. They get the right coach so in there. What did you say, D-Mac? You feel like they salvage this year or you feel like the year is over? Uh, it all depends. It's, who's the leader in the locker room? That, that's They got rid of all That's the my question, too. That's, that's something I've been asking, too. Like, who's the leader in the locker room? They they cut uh, – well, they got rid of uh, the D – who's the D? Everson, Everson Griffin, yep. Mm-hmm. For the Everson Griffin, I don't know who's who's the leader. They got rid of the guy Hunter. I liked him. He was a nice. Uh, he's just player. hurt. Hunter's just hurt. Oh, he's just hurt. Well, you you know you can't really leave from you know yeah. from the so, sideline from from the third. Less hair. It was a, it was the the safety. I like the safety twenty two. Yeah, Harrison Smith. Yeah, so like if somebody gets to step up and just be the leader and make it their team, and and hopefully he's the guy who's in there. And, you know, first guy in there, last guy out, and somebody they can uh, lean on and trust on and lead them across the finish line to, uh, to finish out the season. Right. I agree. 
All right, my man, Mr. Edwards, we appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back with our um, regular show, unpacking the Seahawks' uh, loss and previewing the Falcons' game. Um, as for now, that's uh, all we got, and Skull Vikings. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.